This podcast is presented by Rabbi Parrots Muchkin, speaking to the millennial generation. Welcome back to the Rabbi Parrots podcast. So why is this podcast different than all podcasts? Well, I don't know yet. We're still working on what this is about. Same thing with why is this night different than all other nights? Well, we're working on that because you need to be involved in that conversation if we're really going to figure out what is different about ourselves, ourselves as Jewish people, or ourselves, period, as humanity, what are we doing in this world? Passover, the holiday starting this Friday night, starting with a Seder, is the right time to ask these questions. What are we about? What are we really here to unleash? What is the Jewish mission and vision for the world? I thought the right way to add value to your life and to your Passover holiday experience would be to literally do a Passover Seder with you on a podcast where we'll go through the steps of the Seder and actually start discussing what are these steps, what are they trying to achieve, and how are we trying to achieve it. The idea came to me because of a simple concept, the concept of freedom. What is freedom? We talk about being free, but what does it mean to be free? You know the song, when when we were slaves in Egypt land, let my people go. That, that song always talks about the let my people go. But when you look for the original part of that music and that tune, and you look into the Haggadah and it says, let my people go so they can serve me. So how is freedom, the concept of being free, connected to being of service? Or for that matter, servicing the creator, the Bob Dylan, you got to serve somebody. How does this all fit in? What is freedom? What are we celebrating here on Passover? So I think it's really important to learn how to define freedom, not just by being free. Most people define freedom by what isn't freedom. So for example, freedom is not slavery and freedom is not to be confined or inhibited. But what is actually freedom? What does it mean to be free? So even though freedom is commonly perceived as removing external you know, boundaries and constraints and bad habits, and of course, freedom is about self-expression, but this concept of freedom is kind of limited because you're free to be you, and then what? Then what do you do now that you're free to do whatever you want? So clearly to be free to do whatever you want doesn't sound all that exciting if you can already do whatever you want. So what are we celebrating? What are we trying to achieve? Especially today's day and age where you are free, to at least to a certain degree, what do you do with your freedom? So this holiday, Passover, and specifically beginning with the Seder, represents, I think, I think a way more ambitious version of freedom. Not just, not just to be yourself and not just to do whatever you want, but more importantly, this freedom is about accessing something much deeper within you, uncovering something about you that only flourishes within this concept of freedom. When we left Egypt, going back historically, that may have ended the Jewish people's time as slaves. They're 200 plus years of slaves. But what they really began when they left Egypt was a seven-week journey of really learning how to extract the slave mentality from within and learn how to be free people. This is what we spoke about in last week's podcast, the introduction of 
a 49-step journey of cultivating our emotional character traits and learning how to truly be the highest version of ourselves. So this concept of let my people go so they can serve me, the significance is, is that it's not just about being free of our challenges and constraints because we are finite, we're limited anyway, so we're going to have limitations. But the real idea of freedom is actually learning how to access the part of our soul that is truly free all the time. That spark within us, that animates us, that can never be perverted, that slavery can't hold down, that nothing that you've done can harm. There's a part of your identity that is always free. And learning how to unlock that part of yourself, that is the goal of Passover every year. Recounting the story of Passover has to become a personal experience for us. I look at it like I do this every year. I lead a Seder every year. So I obviously feel very comfortable with this narrative. And yet every year I have to look at it and say, am I free? Have I accessed the part of myself that is truly free? And if I do find that part of myself, I believe that that's the part that makes me connect with others and makes me affect the world in a unique way, and more importantly, inches us closer to a world that Jewish people believe is coming. And that belief is that there's a world coming that is really one of pure beauty and harmony and cosmic warmth and growth amongst our individuality, something super incredible that I think really begins with leaving Egypt. Since we left Egypt 3,331 years ago, we have been on this mission, on this march, to not just leave slavery behind, which clearly starts with us and now is a worldwide phenomenon, but more importantly, extracting the slave mentality, learning how to make the soul vibrate and pulsate and bring it to the forefront and to the surface of everything in life. So over the next seven weeks, we'll spend time discussing these ideas from unique character traits and from the principles of what makes you tick. But the way you unleash this seven-week journey of developing yourself and unleashing this part of your soul that is always available is through the Pesach Seder, through the Passover Seder. The Passover Seder is a 15-step opportunity to allow you to engage within this journey and unlock soul. So if you're going to a Seder, take in this message, bring it with you to the Seder, share it with others. If you're not going to a Seder, well, maybe after you listen to this, you'll consider you can come to our Seder in Venice. We'll be happy to have you. So I'm going to go over the steps of the Seder, and I'm going to add the spiritual twist, the psychological twist, and the ideas that it's trying to release within us. The first step of the 15 steps of the Seder to your personal freedom is Kaddish, to make Kiddush. This step is by all holidays and by all Jewish moments, we like to make a blessing over a cup of wine. But on Passover, it's special because every person at the table pours a cup of grape juice or wine to make a blessing. Immediately, you can see the uniqueness of trying to have the participation of each person, not just because we were all slaves in Egypt, as the saying goes, but because we all need to find this freedom within us. This is personal to each person happening, though, in the collective, we need to all embrace this. So man, woman, and child is part of this experience instead of just the leader at the table. Hence, it's immediately showing us the inclusion of each person's individuality to attain freedom. 
This step is simply saying Kiddush, making a blessing, drawing in these incredible concepts. The meditation behind this is to create a space in your psyche that is pure. Being able to realize that there is a part of you that has never been hurt and tarnished by the outside world. That is the soul-like space that we're trying to bring up this evening, and we do that during this moment. And when we bring that up, we're assured that we're going to have an evening of growth. Kaddish also means to separate, referring to the space that we create. So when we go back thousands of years, we started the process of Kaddish to make space, to create a vacuum that we will fill with something beautiful that will enable us to sustain this journey of truly being free. Step two is Orchatz, washing of the hands. We wash the hands before dipping a vegetable into salt water. The idea of washing of the hands is that each new process requires its own form of cleansing. Our hands are our tools that engage into the physical world. If we're going to have an experience where we bring out soul and we engage in the part of us that is pure, we need to let our tools to the universe, to our physical world, know that they have the ability to purify themselves and re-engage with the world on a higher level. You can take this even a little deeper, that even the parts of you that have engaged in the world in not the best way possible, those are the parts that we're bringing up that we're going to liberate tonight. We're going to find the place that's beyond any of the things that we haven't done the way we think we should have, so we can have not only a second chance, but a first chance at truly being free in this world. So step one and two is really about creating space and making your hands available, in other words, your physicality available to this new incredible experience. Step number three is karpas. Karpas is where we take a vegetable and dip it into salt water. The idea here is that the vegetable represents our bodies. It represents the earth, the physicality. And the water, the salt water, represents in the Haggadah the tears of pain, of struggle, of slavery. But in our time, the relevance of it is it, it represents our soul, our soul that is yearning to come out. This part that we're talking about has a real identity, a real consciousness that is stuck with wanting to be spiritual and giving, and the world is constantly asking you to consume. It is at this step where we think about, are we defined by our consumption, or do we bring meaning and definition to what we consume? Which one are we? Are we the ones who set the tone for what we're doing in our life, or does what happens to us set our tone? It is in Karpas where we take the vegetable and we dip it into the water and we say with some salt, with some understanding that our job is to extract the meaning and the beauty of everything in this world. You are the one who has the power to bring definition and meaning to everything around you. What an incredible step these first to, to really get you in the zone for what this evening is all about. Step number four is Yachatz. Yachatz is where we break the middle matzah and we save part of it for later, the Afikoman. This part of the Haggadah is all about humility. Breaking of the matzah is making a crack within your ego, understanding that you are vulnerable and the people you surround yourself with are the people that let you know that you're not whole, but we accept you anyways. By having this idea that I'm not whole, I am able to truly learn how to become free and recognize the capacity of what is filled in my life. What do I fill my life with? Breaking of the matzah is making room within yourself. 
is allowing yourself to have a new experience and to learn and to be there for other people around you. It's breaking the sense that the false sense of I am whole, which is such a great obstacle in life. But at the same time, this is where we truly start making ourselves available for something new and great by creating this space. And if you already hear the nuance, we leave the part that we broke for later. It's not that you're breaking yourself beyond repair. It's just that you're taking a real step, a humility step of looking at yourself for who you really are and recognizing that you're part of a greater picture and a greater story. Now we are ready for the most important and fifth step in the Seder, which is Magid, to actually recite the Haggadah. This recitation of the Haggadah is really the narrative and story of our own lives, our own limitations, our own Egypts, the things that hold us back, the oppressive forces that we feel in our life. This is the moment where we recognize that in order to set ourselves free, we need to learn we need to ask questions. We need to challenge ourselves. We need to find the deeper voice inside of us that is constantly asking, not just the four questions, but the fundamental questions of life. Where do we come from and what are we about? What are we here for? You should not let a day pass without asking yourself these deep questions and without learning something new. This is how we stop defining ourselves by our exiles and our challenges and learn how to have truly the process and the path of redemption in our life and bringing this soul to the forefront. This step of Magid, this is where not only the children ask the four questions, but we within ourselves ask the four questions. We revisit the narrative of slavery of the Jewish people, and we're revisiting our own narrative. We end off with blessings of gratitude, because each day when you ask these questions and you deal with the challenges of life, you need to end that day with incredible gratitude, knowing that you had the opportunity to be this individual. You'd always rather be alive and have another day to find redemption than anything else in this world. This is the beauty of the first five steps of the Agata is truly creating a space for your soul and your freedom to flourish. Step number six is to wash our hands again. Well, we didn't get our hands dirty, or did we? Once again, our utilities, our hands are now on a higher level. On a higher level means that we've just learned more, we've thought more, we've delved deeper. It's very easy to go to sleep and say, I did well today. I was fantastic, but the truth is, in order to remain humble, in order to remain a person with great perspective, one cannot become self-righteous and feel like they're holier than the person next to them. A person needs to begin the process after growth with washing the hands again, taking your newly formed psychological mindset of freedom and soul and learning how to actualize it in the material world. The message was to take control of the earthly vegetable, not to transcend it, but to bring it along with you, to bring meaning to everything that you do in this world. That's the washing of the hands again in order to prepare us for the great incredible experience of matzah. It is now in step number seven that we recite the motzi, hamotzi lechem min ha'aretz. This idea of motzi, which means to extract bread from the earth, the key word here is motzi, extraction. Now that you have learned and grown and created an incredible space for your soul to operate 
and you've crossed your hands where you aren't self-righteous, now you recognize your place with elevating everything around you. The Jewish view of life is not to shun the world, but to utilize all the gifts that you have and all the goodness that comes around you and all the beauty that you come in contact with and add value to it. The idea of motzi is the idea of being able to add value by recognizing the great potential within everything, to, rea the, to see the reality as a spark of holiness and beauty and divinity within each thing. When you start seeing the physical world for containers of light and beauty, that is when you truly start learning how to extract the connection between you and it. Step number eight is actually eating the matzah actually sitting down and eating the matzah. It would be a great idea to close your eyes while you eat and have a meditative eating experience. It is this time of the year that we reestablish our connection to consumption and food by our first bite of food essentially being a, the most humble piece of bread, flour and water with no time to rise, no leaven, no, no inflation, just the simplest form of sustenance. The idea of eating this sustenance is to establish my priority in this world, my ability to eat what I need and use the other parts of life to bring value to the world. If I start off my night eating like this, I'm essentially saying that I have faith that I always have more and more and more goodness is coming my way. The night number two, the eating of matzah, second seder becomes eating of healing. When you eat with the right intention, then when you need to eat in the future, you start eating because it nourishes you and brings you wholesomeness. My wife always tells me to envision nourishment when I eat. It helps me be not only satiated, but more importantly, it helps my body take in that the food is there to nourish me and bring me joy so I can go out there and share this joy and nourishment to the world. We establish this step for the year to come in this eight step of matzah. At this point, it's good to understand that beyond these steps are also the numbers behind them. Step number eight of nourishment, eight is also the number of transcendence. It is not uncommon for the concept of transcendence in Judaism to also be tied to the physical, because that is the journey of the human being, to transcend the physical by elevating it, by bringing it up to the human level. In Jewish tradition, when you say somebody is human, it means different than what it means in English. In English, you say, I am human, you mean less than. But when in Yiddish you say, he's a mensch, or she's a mensch, what you mean is, immense just means human, you mean better than human. So we have to elevate human understanding of what it means to be human and bring things up to it. When you see it that way, wow, what an incredible experience to bring value and beauty to the world. Step number nine is eating the maror, the bitter herbs. This type of bitter herbs is there to bring recognition that the pain in your life is there for growth. The challenges in your life, the setbacks that are in your life are there to strengthen you. And that ultimately without this step, you'll never become somebody who has great empathy. You have to discover the great gift of life. You have to discover that other human beings are also struggling. And sometimes your role is to say, I am here for you and to really mean it. This is an incredible step where we take the maror, the bitter herbs, and we dip it in something sweet. At this point in the Seder, Instead of taking a vegetable and dipping in salt water, this time we dip a vegetable 
into something sweet. This demonstrates the greater growth that we've already had this evening and in life, that we're able to take this vegetable and not only add value by saying, look, I'm in control and dipping it into water or salt water, which is in its own way bitter. This time we can dip it into something sweet in the haroset, saying that I already see the value that when you take control and you add value to the world, you can see the beauty and the sweetness of it. Step number 10 is the sandwich step, the korech, taking matzah, putting within it the mor and a little haroset, and having a sandwich. Now we take all the ideas. This is our shows our growth and our development in our life. We take the matzah and its incredible potent step of nourishment and the ideas of eating the physical world for nourishment and growing from within that. And we take the maror, learning how to harness the physical challenges of our lives and instead of seeing them as setbacks, dipping them into sweet haroses and we eat them together, learning how to go in rhythm with life and learning how to be in harmony and in sync with all the things that happen to you this is the type of freedom that we're trying to accomplish. This finishes the first 10 steps of the Seder. This is really where you can see, you take a step back and you see, wow, the Seder is all about really me consciously learning how to be the fullest and the most incredible version of myself. Now that these 10 steps are done and you're feeling elevated, now comes the first real challenge, having dinner. Dinner is your first real challenge. You look up now from your Haggadah, you find love for everyone at the table, the food you eat is nourishing you while it's bringing beautiful pleasure to you, everybody around you can feel your beauty and your joy and the light radiating from within you, and for the first time in seemingly forever, you are eating a meal in a whole new way. You are having dinner with a sense of higher purpose. Your dinner is now including your soul, your ability to take in the incredible bounty of the world and maintaining the perspective of going out there and really accomplishing something unique to yourself. I said I'd get back to that piece of matzah, the part of you that you created space, that you made that vacuum, that you began this journey, the breaking of the matzah. Well, here we are in step 12. Here is where you do the step called safon, which means hidden. After we have eaten a complete meal as free people, as a new identity, with this incredible power that we've developed, now it's time to revisit that part of yourself that you couldn't truly analyze, that subconscious part of yourself that is always difficult to bring to the forefront. Now it's time to bring that layer to the forefront of your existence. Don't get frightened by this. On the contrary. Now you can really see what you're all about. You can start seeing how every challenge that you have in your life is there to help you see a holier and deeper version of your existence. And once you can see this incredible part of yourself, then you can truly do the next step of 13, which is Beirach, to bless, to draw down, to have gratitude, to really appreciate everything that happens in your life. We take this even higher in step 14, Hallel, truly actually taking a moment to actually say praise, not just in terms of perspective and application to the things that happen, but to your general life, that every breath you take and the collective moments that you have are all praiseworthy. Everything in your life is truly available to see from a higher level, especially after doing the 14 steps of the Seder. Now we're ready for the final step, which is Nirza, actual redemption. Once we've done the 14 steps, 
you would think at this point that we could relax a little bit. But the answer is, is that it's not about relaxation. It's about seeing yourself at this point part of the cosmic creation of the universe, seeing yourself as important to the structure of the world, learning to see yourself as in a personal relationship with the divinity and power of creation of the world itself. You matter, and the world is not complete without you. Once we complete this experience, that's when we can truly say, next year in Jerusalem. It's not that we can't go to Jerusalem now. It's that Jerusalem means the state of where we can really see this openly all year round, that it's not something that we have to work on. It's something that's in front of us, and the work begins from here. This is the way to start seeing, let my people go so they can serve me. The idea being that you're not just free to be and do nothing about your being. It's about using your being as a calling. This is the idea of the Seder, to start seeing your life itself as a calling, not just what happens around you, but you yourself, you exist. That's important enough. So have an incredible Passover, an incredible Seder, taking the ideas of the Seder, and let it push you to have not just a great day and a great night and a great holiday, but an incredible year ahead. Next year in Jerusalem, my friends, 